Well, the Defense Ministry held its twice-a-year promotion ceremony for generals of the Army, Navy, and Air Force. President Tsai Ing-wen attended the event, where 23 senior officers were promoted. Uh, in her opening remarks, she emphasized that a strong military was integral to the maintenance of peace. Today's promotion means that all of your shoulders will be carrying greater responsibilities. I've said before that peace depends on solid national defense. Please work with me as we strive to attract and retain more talent for the military and to strengthen our combat power, so that the world can see our determination to defend the nation. The CCP's ambitious expansionism and military threats have clearly reshaped the security situation of the Indo-Pacific region, seriously affecting regional peace and stability. To effectively deter enemy encroachment, our military must gain the full measure of the enemy threat, to defeat the enemy by knowing the enemy. The CCP's threat to Taiwan, whether at maritime or by air, is very obvious to us. This threat is of course increasing day by day. China has never renounced the use of force against Taiwan. Over the past few years, the PLA has ramped up frequency of its military disturbances in Taiwan's air defense zone. Shinzu City Mayor Lin Zijian made a surprise announcement Monday night as he continued pushing a merger between Shinzu City and County. Lin pr promised not to run for mayor of a merged Shinzu in 2022 if the restructuring succeeds. Lin said there's been concern that he wants the merger for personal political gain, and he said he's taking himself out of a potential election to remove all suspicions and obstacles surrounding the merger. Following his announcement, the KMT said it remained opposed to the restructuring proposal. If I am the biggest obstacle to this legislation, then I think I should be the one to remove this obstacle to the merger upgrade plan. Xinzhu City Mayor Lin Zijian dropped the bombshell Monday night. He announced he would not run for mayor of Greater Xinzhu in 2022 should a Xinzhu merger succeed. In his social media post, Lin said he did not fear the violent opposition of a few to the proposed merger, but rather the silence of its supporters. He urged the KMT to amend the law quickly to pave the way for administrative restructuring. Before making the announcement, I thought I should first call Premier Su to explain my reasoning. He said he thought it would be a real pity, and he encouraged me to think it over, telling me I didn't necessarily have to make such a decision. Lin said he was compelled by the urgency of the amendments required for Xinjiang's restructuring. In recent weeks, the KMT and some factions in the DPP have expressed reservations about the proposal. According to sources, Lin spoke with President Tsai Ing-wen Monday evening. Lin said that his withdrawal from a 2020 election would eliminate all reasons for objecting to the proposal. Earlier, I was reading the coverage on this by several media outlets, and I lamented a bit over it. The KMT was the one that said the Shinju proposal was tailor-made for me. But now the KMT is saying that whether I run for office is not the point. The people know right from wrong. The public will scrutinize the words of every politician. They said the restructuring was tailor-made for a certain individual, that we're pulling out all the tricks and the intrigue. Every person who said such things, every one of them had their own ulterior motive. I said that a long time ago. People who are opposed to the proposal have an ulterior motive. 
DPP caucus whip Ke Jianming denied that his party would find a way to bring Lin into the election anyway. Meanwhile, the KMT pointed the finger of blame back at the caucus whip. Who are the ones with an ulterior motive? We are not the ones who introduced this proposal in the first place. The way that this amendment was proposed so hastily is completely different from past restructuring proposals for cities and counties. So it's caucus whip Ke Jianming who's meddling where he doesn't belong. We actually even support a merger and upgrade for Shinju. Through restructuring, Shinju can get the momentum for marching forward, but we need to carefully deliberate over the direction we take. Even with Lin out of the race, opposition lawmakers say they remain opposed to the restructuring. Well, starting January 1st, new rules will come into effect on the labeling of chocolate. In order for a product to be called chocolate, it must not contain more than 5% vegetable fat. Products like Ferrero Rocher will have to be labeled as center-filled chocolate instead of chocolate. To qualify as center-filled chocolate, the product must contain at least 25% chocolate by weight. Zylu bars, which contain less than 25% chocolate, will have to be relabeled as chocolate-flavored candy. The Taipei City Department of Labor has hosted its last job fair of the year in Wanghua, providing 1,330 job opportunities. Several companies at the fair were offering monthly salaries ranging from 80,000 to 100,000 NT dollars. For most news reporter Stephanie Yang takes us there for a look at the latest in the job market. Job seekers line up to speak to hiring managers. This is a job fair in Wanhua held by the Taipei City Department of Labor. Jobs are available across different sectors, including customer service, sales, and hotel management. I'm here mainly to see what different types of jobs there are. Right now, I'd like to be able to experience various work opportunities to get more life experience. I have five years of experience in the catering industry. I'm mainly looking to become reserve staff for management. I stumbled across an unexpected position here at the fair. It's the position of education specialist. With the loosening of COVID restrictions, the hotel and catering industry are on a hiring spree, opening up 910 job opportunities. The five-star hotel region is offering perks like transportation allowances, cross-hotel transfers, English lessons, and business travel accommodation benefits. A total of 22 companies participated in this employment expo. They're offering 1,000 job opportunities. The opportunities are mainly in the catering and accommodation industry, which was affected by the epidemic. Taipei City Employment Services Office Director Ho Hunsen says there are plenty of job opportunities for foreigners as well. He encourages foreigners to apply for a gold card. Taiwan very much welcomes foreign nationals, especially foreign professionals, to come and work in Taiwan. Foreign professionals can apply for Taiwan's employment gold card, and they can come to Taiwan to work. Several companies at the expo were recruiting with high salaries. For example, Nanchi Design has 10 positions paid at 100,000 NT a month. Wumo Book is hiring 10 people at 80,300 a month. Unimicron is hiring business engineers offering 70,000 a month. Heidi Lau is hiring foreign language reserve staff at a starting salary of 45,000 NT. We know that the basic salary will be adjusted next year. The companies at the fair have already made adjustments for that. The remuneration provided by them exceeds the basic salary by a lot. 
This year's fresh graduates happen to enter the job market during the Level 3 COVID alert. So we predict that this year's fresh grads will be job hunting for longer than those in the past. We saw the need among young job seekers, and so we held one more job fair. The Taipei City Department of Labor hosted its last job fair of the year in Wanhua, providing 1,330 job opportunities. They hope to help workers get back on their feet and start the new year strong. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Lu Botong in Taipei. The CCC has announced a new case in the ongoing karate team cluster, taking a total to 13. Lab tests show that seven of the cases involve the Omicron COVID variant. The arrival from Kazakhstan is one of our karate athletes, so that brings the total to 13 cases. We have genetic sequencing results for seven of them, and they are all Omicron. The delegation likely spent a lot of time together training and spending time with other athletes at the competition. All of that could have led to the infections. The Asian Karate Championships have turned out to be a hotbed for COVID. After competing at the event, numerous athletes from several countries have reported infections. So far, more than half of Japan's 28-person delegation has tested positive for COVID, and all members of the Thai delegation ended up with the virus. A Thai coach alleged that athletes were screened for COVID only once over 10 days, and that the sporting venues were cramped and poorly ventilated. A Hong Kong athlete has said that very few people wore face masks during the event. The Industrial Technology Research Institute is participating in Semicon Taiwan, an annual trade fair for semiconductor technology. It's showing its latest R&D in smart protective gear for sports, wafer measurement technologies and advanced process technologies. ITRI said it will continue to push de uh, development in semiconductor applications to enhance Taiwan's international competitiveness. After a few vigorous bounces, data on muscle strength and fatigue appear on the screen as measured by digital instruments connected to the knee pad. To meet the future of global fitness trends, ITRI has developed smart sports accessories for Taiwan's 12 billion NT market in protective sports gear. This next-generation sensing technology gives the general public access to a next-generation muscle strength measurement system. It lets you know your muscle strength while you're exercising. During rehabilitation after an injury, you can see your fatigue levels. The rise of the metaverse in 5G is driving fast growth in the smart living market. With an eye fixed on this trend, eTree has developed practical applications for its flexible hybrid electronics, precision wafer measurement technologies, and advanced process technologies. At Semicon Taiwan, eTree pointed out that testing will gradually become of growing importance for advanced manufacturing processes. It said the two major trends of the future will be the continued miniaturization of chips and their continued stacking and integration. Getting below 2 nanometers I feel is absolutely necessary. And the most important point is that testing will account for a greater and greater percentage of advanced processes. In the realm of real-time feedback and correction, we have a local cluster advantage. The yield of advanced process technologies can be raised to 70% or higher. We're responding to future packaging or packaging technology needs of 3 or 1 nanometer chips. Now we're working on these technologies with major international manufacturers.
manufacturers. In particular, we're working with them on new materials for future packaging needs, materials such as glass. E-Tree is proactively researching and developing advanced semiconductor technologies and related applications. Besides securing Taiwan's foothold in the international market, E-Tree is seizing the next wave of semiconductor business opportunities. Well, a group of Good Samaritans is helping homeless people in Geelong get through the winter season. On Monday night, the Geelong City Skywalker Charity Association and a local councillor gave out hand warmers, warm clothes and sleeping mats donated by the public. They also gave out plenty of face masks so that people without homes could protect themselves against COVID. They give out hand warmers, warm clothing and face masks to homeless people at the train station. The recipients are all gratitude. Chilly weather is sweeping Taiwan and warm clothing is a must outdoors. That's especially so for people without housing. Many are taking shelter at Jilong train station with just a few sheets of cardboard and a thin blanket to call home. To help them get through the winter, locals have launched an online campaign to collect donations and distribute them to people in need. There are hand warmers, cold-resistant mats and warm clothing. There's also bread donated by food banks and so on. We hope that we can help them get through these cold winter nights. I know that in previous cold spells, some older adults were found to have frozen to death at home. That's something that I really couldn't bear thinking about. And it's not just the public that's helping out. A city councillor is also doing his part. Back during the level 3 COVID alert, we and the Skywalker Charity Association came here every night to give out bento meals, as well as materials from food banks. We saw there were many homeless people and people who needed help here. Now that the pandemic has passed, the situation has persisted. The councillor says Taiwan is still under a level 2 COVID alert and that public health measures remain as important as ever. He and his team gave out face masks so that people without housing can protect themselves from the pandemic. A group of Taiwanese high school students has created a non-profit providing online tutoring for an orphanage in Malaysia. They've also handcrafted jewelry to sell to raise funds for the orphanage. Stephanie's reporter Stephanie Yang sat down with the students to find out more about their initiative. Hi, hello from Malaysia to... <laughs> the students greet the children at the Trinity Community Children's Home via a Zoom call. The Trinity Community Children's Home is a sanctuary for orphan and neglected children. Seeing their need for help, four students at Kangchao International School launched an online learning platform to teach children aged 11 to 16 English and various subjects such as social science, Chinese, science and math. started our project around um, last November and so this was kind of because um, during COVID time a lot of, we saw on news like a lot of Southeast Asian um, kids um, especially disadvantaged kids, they um, didn't have like the proper opportunities to go to school and such. Uh, tutoring a child from India and his name is uh, Raymond and he's now 13 years old and he is also a very scientific person who really likes math and science but when I teach it it's really uh, I was surprised by his uh, passion of learning. The nonprofit called Bees Without Wings was created by four seniors at Kangchao International School. 
Not only do they provide online tutoring and mentoring for an orphanage in Malaysia, they also handcraft jewelry based on traditional Taiwanese elements. The jewelry is handmade using 14 karat gold plated materials and natural gemstones produced by Taiwanese companies. The jewelry will be sold to raise money for the orphanage. Our um, non-profit organization name is called Bees Without Wings and they're inspired, the name is inspired by like how bees are really hardworking and a really collective um, insect and species. So me and Shana came up with the name during a random math class and we describe the children as the bees who don't have their wings and we're, we hope that we're the ones who could like um, provide them or give them their wings so they could fly around freely and fly and to achieve their goals and their dreams. I am the treasurer so I usually count on the money and the profit of our jewelries and we want to donate it to the TCC home and also I, I design the logo and banners on our website. The student said founding a nonprofit takes a lot of hard work, especially finding organizations to partner with. Um, this was actually really hard to do because um, at first we contacted a bunch of different organizations and um, uh, such as like in the Philippines or in Thailand and a lot of these we sort of like we started to have like a connection going back and forth and suddenly like um, for some reason they just disappeared and then so we had to keep starting from zero again so like we'd reach a point and then suddenly we had to go back and that's why we're also really appreciative of the people at the TCC home for being patient with us. Um, our facilities we are connected very very closely and surely uh, they will be of great help to us during the time that they have the time and I believe that with their heart for the underprivileged, they will be able to still help them. We definitely need volunteers, that means tutors. Uh, one of the major areas that we really need help is actually the financial side. Because of the pandemic, uh, things all slow down, donors are even slowing down. The students started tutoring the children from Malaysia in November and have already made different sets of jewelry that are being sold on their website. They hope that through the nonprofit, they can establish meaningful relationships with children and continue to create greater awareness in Taiwan about other Southeast Asian countries. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Tsai Mingjun in Taipei.